This is Deacon Greg sharing Walking in the Way of Love. Learn. The person who does not seek to become Christ does not yet truly know Christ. This is the topic of a recent sermon by Father T.J. Humphrey from St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Beloit, Wisconsin. Take a listen. The person who does not seek to become Christ does not yet truly know Christ. There's an ancient wisdom saying from the desert fathers and mothers that goes something like this. If you see a person trying to climb up to heaven all by themselves, grab them by the foot and pull them back down to earth again. I just love the imagery of that. Now, there's a few ways we can interpret this saying. For one, the spiritual journey, it's never meant to be a solitary journey. We should never seek to discover our salvation, our faith, our spiritual wholeness, whatever you want to call it. We should never seek it in a way that totally detaches ourselves from other people around us. As one modern theologian has said, wherever the Holy Spirit blows, she does not just create good individual Christians, but community. But the person who has a spirituality that has led them away from unity with other people, yes, even unity with those people who are a real pain in the neck, those folks have thrown themselves out of step with the movement of the Spirit, for sure. Now, I know that there are many people today who leave religious institutions behind because they experience these institutions as being judgmental and exclusionary in their stance towards the world and towards culture. And the people who leave, they have the right to feel this way. They put their finger on something true. And the impulse to leave is more than understandable. Believe me, and it may be weird for a guy in a collar saying this, but I've felt this impulse many, many times throughout the course of my life. But can I tell you why I have not left? When we leave all institutional religion behind because we find that it has judgmental and exclusionary tendencies, what we are inadvertently doing is embodying those exact same tendencies. And if we go on to form our own little spiritual islands unto ourselves, deeming ourselves to be something like spiritual but not religious, we've not actually solved the problem or evaded the issue we're trying to run away from. Instead, we've only perpetuated the judgmental and exclusionary nature found in so much modern religion, because we have judged that all religious institutions are basically the same and not worth our time. And also because we've excluded the people within these institutions from our presence. Our absence is a form of judgment and exclusion. So rather than healing this broken part of the spiritual world, we've merely created a microcosm 
which perfectly mirrors the current state of the broken religious macrocosm. But there's another way to interpret our wisdom saying of why the person who attempts to climb to heaven all alone needs to be pulled back down to earth again. It's because somebody does not have to climb their way up and out of the world in order to make their way in to heaven. The actualization of salvation and the fulfillment of our spiritual journey, these things are not meant to be found somewhere else outside of our everyday, normal lives. There's an old Buddhist saying that I am particularly fond of. It's very old. Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Or there's a more modern version of the saying that goes like this. After ecstasy, the laundry. If we cannot find enlightenment in our daily routine, we will never find it outside of our daily routine. If we cannot find God in our world, we will never be able to find God outside of our world. And if we cannot find heaven now, we will not be able to recognize it for what it is later on. But the problem with what goes for so much religion, what we call religion today, sadly, is that most of us try to use our religion to take us to another place. It becomes for us nothing more than a form of escapism. And we fail to realize that we are not meant to be anywhere else other than where we are right now. But still, we look with eager expectation for a time when we will enter a more blissful place called heaven, failing to realize that the goal of the spiritual life is not to escape this world in order to get to that more blissful place. But the goal is to start manifesting that blissful place here now, heaven is not meant to be entered into as much as it is meant to be manifested. And you are not meant to enter it as much as it is meant to enter you and our world through you. It is this wisdom that lies at the heart of James's teaching today. Yes, James does use that icky, icky word, the R word, religion, much despised by so many people today. James puts a different spin on it, one that I don't think many of us are accustomed to. James doesn't just want us to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Religion for him is about embodying something not just about thinking in a certain way or abiding by a certain code of ethical conduct. Another way of getting to the heart of it, James wants us to not just be hearers and perpetuators of a Christian message. No, it's deeper than that. He wants us to be incarnations of a divine presence. The person who does not seek to become Christ does not yet truly know Christ or themselves, for Christ is the true self. 
It is clear that in James's mind, religion is not meant to take a person out of the world, but it is meant to push them all the more deeply into the heart of it, because that is precisely where Jesus is, in the heart of all things. True religion doesn't seek to evade the monotony, the boringness, the mundaneness of everyday life. It seeks to wake a person up to the fact that everyday life is utterly beautiful and that it is infused with God's glory. Nor does true religion attempt to escape all of the world's problems, but it faces them head on. And James gives us an example He says that true religion is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress. But the root, there's a root to this action, to this activism. It's a quiet receptivity, a contemplative silence. If you've read the letter of James, he goes on and on and on about taming the tongue, bridling the tongue and being quick to listen and slow to speak. We should learn the art of silence, the art of taming the tongue, because silence is God's native language. And James expects his readers to habitually immerse themselves in the practice of silent, receptive prayer, Because he sincerely believes that those who do so will be radically transformed by such a practice. And he doesn't. This is interesting. He does not give a formula for this practice. But he clearly expects his hearers to engage in a silence before God, a resting before God, in a way that works best for them. In other words, he gives the ideal, and every person is to implement that ideal in their own unique way way. But religion does not end here. From prayer, it has to manifest itself in sacred activism and caring particularly for those who are most vulnerable and marginalized in society. And in James's time, it was orphans and widows. What this means for us today is that if we are using our religion only as a self-help type of strategy, a solo project, we are not going to end up helping anybody or ourselves. Because religion is meant to transfigure us so deeply that we cannot help but to have our inner serenity spill out everywhere all around us. We are to change the world by becoming the change we want to see in it, to borrow a famous line. We are to change the world by becoming the Christ we want to see in it. We in the church were not just called to discover Jesus, the light of the world. And we're not just called to tell people about Jesus, this light of the world. Jesus himself tells us that we are, we are the light of the world. And we're not meant to merely imitate Jesus' way of life or to teach others about who we believe him to be. We are meant to be all that Jesus is. As Teresa of Avila has once said, Christ has no body in this world but yours. Jesus' message of love and of hope to the world 
It's you. In our practice of prayer, if we throw ourselves fully into it and if we stick with it, we will learn what it means to transcend the brokenness that ails all human beings and to enter into that holy of holies that is profound silence before God. And in our practice, we will not only experience our own healing, but we will mysteriously become a healing balm for countless hearts and souls all around us. Others will find their rest in God's resting in us, their liberation in God's liberating of us. The person who seeks to become Christ to our world truly knows Christ, the world and themselves. They've awakened to the fact that the world, the Christ, and the true self are all one. Thank you for joining me on my walk in the way of love. Until next time, may you stay safe and healthy, and let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord.